Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I am talking again today with a good friend, Mike, who is uh, really associated with us through his wife originally, who grew up here at camp, and we served together. We're the same youth group together and did a lot of things as kids that kids do. And uh, we uh, go way back and have our roots there that we were just talking about and how important that was in life. And he actually grew up in the jungles, the Yanomamo. Do you call them Indians? Um, What do we call them? Yanomamo. Yeah, Yanomamo people. People, okay. (laughs) You know, it's hard to know what to say anymore about anybody because it's, I I used to call them Indians. Indians, right. Right. Uh, but I'm not sure what's proper. And, and certainly our goal is never to bother anybody with any wordage that we might The use. funny thing is Yanomami actually means people. That's oh, what okay. they, they call themselves the people. So we're calling them the people people. Right. They're the people. <laughs> anybody else is a little bit below them. Yeah. The, the people people. So that, that's kind of fun. Um, and it's always a privilege and actually a pleasure to talk to Mike or other guys that have been in other cultures, they have a, they have an insight that we don't have. Mm. I mean, we don't have the same insight. I mean, you, if you go somewhere down in the jungle, you have to get in a canoe, you have to travel days. You know, yeah. when we talk hunting and fishing, we're not talking about sitting in a deer stand here. <laughs> no. What, what is your hunting like? What do you hunt? Um, the Yanomama basically hunt anything that moves. There's very few things that they <laughs> won't eat. And one, you know, the, it's interesting. One of the things they won't eat are, is a possum. Now, as a hillbilly, my parents were hillbillies in Virginia. They did eat possum. Oh, there you go. Uh, they but, never got but the Yanomama would never, never touch a possum. They won't touch a vulture. Uh, there's very few. Th- I think that's off the top of my what, head. That, what's their favorite meat? Uh, probably a taper. Which is um, what? Because we don't have those um, home in here. Scientists say it's a member of the horse family. Okay. Um, now, the scientists being what it is today, I'm not sure if I, I really believe that. Yeah, you just turned about half the radios off. But <laughs> They're eating horses. So. It is delicious. Is and it? You, but, you know, the American native peoples uh, always claimed that horse meat was far superior to cow meat. Oh, and I, and I, in my book, and when I wrote Growing Up Yanomami, I, I comment on that, and I say, well, if, if horse tastes anything like taper, I'd pull up a chair beside, yeah, yeah. beside any of them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's anyway, that is, that is a, the, but their probably next favorite would be um, spider monkey. Spider monkey? And any of the monkey family. Yeah. Really? Now, what yeah. does monkey taste like? Don't tell me chicken. <laughs> Unless actually, it tastes like actually, chicken. Actually, it tastes just like monkey. You'd have oh, okay. to, you'd yeah, have to it's t- hard yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I've hard never to, had monkey. It's not, not bad. N- not bad. If I had to rate meat, it's it's not it's not bad. Um, now there's another rodent down there called uh, uh, agoti paka. Is the English name? It's called an amota in Yanomami. That is extremely good eating and tastes better than chicken. Really? Yes, yes, yeah. I tell you, and it's uh, a rodent. It's a, a large rodent. A very large rodent. And how do they do? They hunt with guns or bows and arrows for the most part. Really? There for a while, uh, the Yanomama had a few of the Yanomama that had contact with civilization had shotguns, but because of uh, lack of shells or anything now, they're all back to bows and arrows. Yes, they had to throw the rifle eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't work. So they're back to bows and arrows, and they're they're phenomenal with them. They're very okay. Now, now to another fishing. Do they fish too? Yes. Yeah. um, They they. 
in their traditional Yanomama life, they would they would especially do swamps. They take big baskets and walk through these swamps that are drying out because of the the dry season. Right. And they would scoop up all the fish that are left in there. And sometimes your basket would scoop up an electric eel, or or, or worse. And it got quite exciting. And and uh, do they get electrocuted? Oh my goodness, they shock so bad. Oh, do they? they? Oh boy, I tell you, they can clear electric eels can clear a, a swamp in just a matter of very little. Wow. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, Is it fun to watch? Absolutely. It's not, <laughs> it's not so much fun to be on the on the shocking end of it. Yeah, but but it is fun to watch them clear a clear a lagoon because of it. But there's always people that'll get back in there and find it and and kill it because they're good eating too. Oh man. Yeah. Well, you know what? You got to learn if you're from northern Wisconsin, do not hunt electric eels. That that's the the lesson I guess we learned. Yeah. From that one. Um, it's amazing what's though. What's there? What's in a what fish? Are in the swamp. What kind? Um, man, I don't know any don't English know names. names. Yeah, okay. only only Yanomama names. But a lot of fish in these swamps. Because remember, the rivers come up and during rainy season, the jungle overflows its banks. The rivers overflow its banks into right. the jungle, and then when the river goes down, it leaves all these landlocked lagoons, just full of fish. Wow. And uh, and not the least of which are piranha. Well, you know, you've heard of piranha. Yeah. They yeah. they that that can. Do you Get use your finger as bait, or what do you do for piranha? Well, you just you no, you you uh, you know you just piece of raw meat on a hook. Oh, okay. yeah. No, so if you're in the river and you want to get a piranha, you just put a piece of raw piece meat of raw down. meat and, and throw it out there, and you you'll you'll get one. They're good eating too. Are they? Oh yeah, yeah. Piranha, fried piranha. I'll put it up against anybody's fish. Wow, I've never had that either. I've oh. never had you know spider monkey. I've never had fried piranha. Oh yeah. Now the piranha. Now you. Okay, so I'm thinking right away, this is can't even be close, but if I catch a big northern here, you know, I try and keep my finger away from its mouth. You definitely want to keep your finger away from the mouth of a piranha. Yeah. Uh, they have razor-sharp teeth. Uh, Will I they lost, chomp you when they're out? Yeah, if, if you're careless. You know, if you're trying to get your hook out of their yeah. mouth, they, they, they chomp. I've been bitten more times than I care to talk about. Oh, man. And one time I was careless, just as I was probably 10, 12 years old. We were out fishing with some guys, and, and uh, somebody threw their live piranha in the bottom of the boat. And I wasn't paying attention, and my foot got too close, and it chomped right down on my little toe. Did it really? Just, a, I, you know, it's scar to prove it. Um, but it, it, it almost took my toe off. So how big are these piranhas? They get big. Um, you know, I'm a foot, foot and a half long really? by, by about 8, 12 inches wide. I mean, you know, tall. Do you flay them, or what do you do? You eat them and spit out the bones, or what do you do? Uh, if you fry them right, if you if you you cut them right, cut them up right, you don't have to worry about bones. Really? They're, they're very good, very very good. And then peacock bass, now that's a fish I know the name of in English. There you go. Yeah, they're they're they're. I don't know what that is either. I mean, I know largemouth. I don't know. Well, what peacock pe is. you take your largemouth and you put a peacock beside it, you'll never fish for largemouth again. Really? No, no, no. Peacock bass is. Probably one of the better game fish of the world. And they're in the, the rivers? In the rivers. And in the in these swamps, too. So how do the bass stay in there with all those piranha? Uh, I guess God yeah, made it, so yeah, they figured they, it out. Yeah, huh? they figured it out. They just I mean, pray, I wouldn't want to be swimming with piranha all day. Pray oh, speaking of swimming with piranha, our little my little grandson in Peru, uh, Ashton, uh, Ryan's son, yeah. they were swimming in the in the uh, lake there next to the, the place where they, they live. Right. And it, the rivers had overflowed. The water had come in from the, you know, from the river, and piranha bit the tip of his big toe off. Oh man! Yeah, 
Yeah, he was. They took video of it and sent it to me and stuff. Of and course, I, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. First thing you do is take a picture, <laughs> send it to Grandpa, and then you then you fix it. And I told him, I said, "Be brave, little guy. Be strong." I yeah. said, "One day you're gonna have some beautiful stories with this." Yeah. So that's uh, amazing. Now you, you know, as we talk to, as you talk to people who have never been, you've talked to those who have never been out of the jungle. Right. Right. Most of the people I talk with have never been out of the jungle. Do they do they have any comprehension of what life in another place is, like the United States or anywhere else? Any? No, very. I'm not actually. Actually, their their level of comprehension is like us reading Revelation right. and reading what John tried to describe to us. Okay. You know, you just you you wonder if you know what what he was talking about. Now you did bring somebody back here. Yeah, and at one and time. a matter of how fact, did they respond? I mean, do you remember any? Funny things. Wide-eyed, and they just could not believe it, especially the food, the restaurants and the food and stuff. But when they went home, we were surprised at how little they would tell their people. And I asked, I asked Bautista, Chief Shoefoot, one time. Right. I said, hey, why don't you tell them about, you know? He said, nobody believes me. Really? So, yeah, yeah that, was his, that was his comment. So it was, just, it was just too much. Yeah. Well, I remember once there was a, and I forget where this little girl was from, but we were in our old dining hall before we built a new one. And my dad always had some missionaries here from somewhere um, for some reason. And there was a family and a young girl who grew up in the jungle and, and was very um, native looking. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know if she was or not. But the first meal we were sitting there and this girl would not eat. And she was just staring. She was just staring. And finally, I asked the dad, I said, what's the deal? I mean, is she hungry? Oh, yeah. What's she doing? She's never seen that much milk. <laughs> There's a gallon of milk yeah. on the table. Yeah. And she was just staring at it because she couldn't comprehend that that was full of milk. Right. And I thought, wow, I, I'm just out of it. Our people are hunter-gatherers. So if they, if they go out and hunt and gather for the day and they don't get anything— they go hungry. Wow. There's no there's no reserve anywhere. There's there you know. Do you have a problem with obesity? No, no. Just wondered. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no They're problem. They're not making there. cakes and. No, no problem, no. no problem with obesity. Do they there. eat flour down there? They they would when 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 Kayla will make bake us a cake and okay. and and take it out. They oh they love cake. Okay, but, but but they don't have any like equivalent. No, no. They have yucca, and they make a they make a kind of a dry flour out of that, but they make their cassava bread and their manioc out of it. I've had cassava yeah. down in, in, in different places I've been at. It's an interesting bread. It's very good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, I, I didn't but know what it's it not, was. It's, 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 you, cassava is cassava. It's not bread. Bread is bread, yeah. you know. So the two have a totally separate. And I don't know what they did to it, and I don't know if it was somewhere down there, but I, I would call it rubber cement bread when I talked to the guys because that's the consistency they gave it to me. Huh. It, was, it seemed like I was... You know, the, like, I don't know what this is. And I'll give you a little tip. If you get some cassava, take and put some butter on it and some garlic salt okay. and bake it in the oven. And it makes a wonderful chip. Like, Does it? You know, yeah, yeah. It really is a good, a good, yeah. kind of gives it, gives it some taste. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of tricks that you can, you can do with their food. Yeah, well, I, I encourage anyone that knows someone like, like Mike. If you know someone from a different culture, it's always fascinating to talk to them because your your eyes are actually opened when you talk to them. When mm -hmm. you talk to me in the last program, we talked about you know there were uh, Christian songs being played, and the the witch doctors who were really trying to get Satan to indwell them 
couldn't get their spirits in them because they were listening to truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that you know, makes me think. And my habit of playing Christian music or playing um, the Bible when I'm out in the yard, and I live in the edge of the National Forest, so kind of like the woods, but uh, much different, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really makes you think, and I think people need to open their horizons and see God's the same to the Anamamo people as he is to me. Amen. Amen. Satan attacks, but he attacks in appropriate ways. In other words, Satan doesn't come to me and say, um, I want to figure out what's totally inappropriate for you, and I'm going to try and attack you with that. He doesn't do that. Right. Instead, he studies and knows me and attacks me in a way that I find appropriate somehow. Mm -hmm. And, And so... It's very interesting. You know, I wouldn't find it appropriate to even hang out with a witch doctor. Right. That, right. So I would learn very little from them. Right. Uh, but you were in a village where they were. So right. here's here's what happened. You also, I, I wonder if they came here, uh, do they have the same issues that we have in a, quote, civilized first world country, like um, gender problems? Do you have that down in the jungle? No, actually, you know, when you're hunter gathering, you don't. You have very little time to worry about what, <laughs> okay. what gender you are. Yeah. Uh, there's there's certain roles that the man has, certain roles that the woman has, and and uh, etc. But as part of my fascination with with culture, you know, as a missionary, you you study cultures, right? And you you try to you try to study culture to to make God's word relevant to to the people you're 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 talking with. And so consequently, during after after our morning, early morning prayer and Bible class, I'm always talking to them about current events in the in the world, uh, be it COVID, be it some, you know, the the sure. the, the you know, all all that that involves. And then um, uh, the, the the I just heard a story. Um, uh, actually, I heard it on on the Rush Limbaugh show. Okay. Uh, a couple years ago, and it was these, this family that had decided that they were not going to assign gender to their toddlers. They were going to wait and let the toddlers de- let the let the kids grow up old enough and decide for themselves yeah. what gender they were going to be. Yeah. And I'm telling that, and the guys are just looking at me like I'm crazy. And I say, wait, wait, I'm only the messenger here. I'm not saying that they're right or wrong. I'm only, and Timoteo, one of the, he's actually the pastor of our local Yanomama church. Yeah. And he says, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he said, that is just absolutely crazy. He said, all they have to do is look between their legs and they'll know exactly what gender they are. Exactly. And I said, well, that's, you would think. You, yeah. would, you would think. Yeah, you would think that. You would think. And, and there's the simplicity. You know, I mean, really, if you think about it, so many times with kids in our country, as I'm talking to them, I don't need to talk to them about all the deepest, darkest secrets people are talking about. The, the thing I love talking to them about is God made you a very peculiar, very particular way. Amen. Amen. You need to live in the context of that. Amen. And he did make you male or female. You don't need to be confused. And I tell them, if, you, if you're confused, here's what's going to happen. You're going to act confused. And if you act confused, nothing good will happen in life. Satan glories in confusion. Absolutely. God is a God of order. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing to me how receptive kids are to that message because it's like, that makes sense, Dave. Yeah, right. You know, well, I'm sorry the rest of the adult world is making things complicated. Yeah. You know, there's so many simple things. Um, 
recently just talking to people in our country about life and talking to a guy who grew up in the church or something, and you know they're talking about how rough life is or whatever it might be, and eventually I might ask, do you think God loves you? Oh, yeah. Then why don't you act like it? Hmm. And then there's just silence, like I asked a really hard question. I wasn't asking a hard question. Right, right. You say God loves you. Do you believe in his mercy? Oh, yeah. Then why don't you act like you do? Either you don't know what his mercy is or you don't know who he is. And uh, I do another podcast for help people go to sleep and that kind of thing. One of the things I love reminding people of is this. You know, if you're angry at God today, you just don't know him. Hmm. If you're disappointed in God, you don't know him. Amen. Amen. And what that does for me is help reassign things to the simple instead of all the complex. It's not that complicated to understand. God loves me. He has a plan for me. If I don't respond to his love and if I don't respond to the plan, I'm going to feel worthless. Yeah. Yeah, very that's true. That's not rocket science. No, it's not rocket science. That's very true. And is that the same issue in the jungle? I mean, do you ever get into the, the weeds theologically, or are you still always simple with them? We try to be simple with them because, um, for one thing, if you really look at it, the gospel is very simple. Right. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's it's not way up high that you have to. You know, it's very simple. God loves us. God has a plan for us. God desires that we love him that we serve him and that that we have you know, we accept his plan for us it really is simple it's not it's not that hard and the interesting thing is the yanomama you never have to convince a yanomama about whether there is a god they all take that they know that their their demons can describe heaven incredibly well so they know there's a god so we don't have to try to convince them that there's a God. What we do have to try to do is convince them that this is a God that loves them because they know of, of God, of the supreme being, um, dwelling where he dwells in amazing beauty. They know him as the enemy God. Oh, I see. Because yeah. Satan has twisted it right. to be the Satan opposite. Satan has twisted it to be the opposite. So God is their enemy. So we spend our time convincing them that that's, that's a lie. That's, well, that's interesting. Of course, and the Bible tells us that he's the father of lies and the yep. deceiver. And, and, and the greatest deception of all is to say that God doesn't love you. Right, right, right. And you know how, how he, Satan does it? To, see, to the Yanomami, the worst sin that you can be is to be selfish Okay. Uh, if you don't share. Uh, that, that is the one sin in their culture that will send them to hell. And they have an incredibly accurate biblical uh, definition, uh, description of hell, hmm. uh, just like they do for heaven. It's amazing. But the one sin that will send them to hell is to be stingy. And the reason they call God the enemy God is because their witch doctors can describe heaven like you would not believe. Incredible detail. Crystal sea, the, the, the streets of gold, they don't call it gold, but streets of gold, the, sure. the, uh, the rainbow around the throne, the high and lifted up place where the supreme being sits, the singing angels, they can describe all of that. One old guy even told me, I think I told you this before, that described that there were stones of fire in heaven. And I said, no. not, not in my heaven. No stones of fire in my heaven. Well, I imagine my surprise when I read, read years later or you know months later, 
and Ezekiel 28, where it's talking about the stones of fire in heaven. That old witch doctrine, the banks of the Orinoco, forgotten, you know, way in the backside of nowhere, knew more about my heaven than I did. But uh, they believe that he's the enemy because he refuses to share his abundance Mm. with them. Because in, in heaven, there's no sickness. There's no, there's no want of anything. Right. And, and the supreme being keeps it, selfishly keeps it all to himself. Wow. So what an what amazing twist. lie yeah. that is. Yeah. Here we have a God who loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us. And, and uh, because he paid the price, we can one day go to heaven to be with him. But Satan has twisted that around to he's a God. He, he's a supreme being and he refuses to share. So therefore, he's the enemy. You know, recently I read an article about uh, my alma mater, my, the school I went to, where they had a visiting professor come in, and this visiting professor believed there's 28 genders or whatever it is, and, and I'm, I just got sick in my, mm. my heart. And I'm just thinking while you're talking, you know, people who never even went to school would get up and walk out. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, no, that's not the way it is. And yet in our culture, it's like somebody applauds this person and somebody talks about, how smart they are and yeah. give them another doctorate degree and you're looking at them going, Why? That that doesn't make any sense. And it's not and it's silly. Well you don't know the research. It's made up. Yeah. And the thing is is they don't know the Bible because the Bible says male and female created right. he them. Absolutely. So I mean that's that's the ultimate authority. The creator is stating what he did. And he created male and female. Well likewise some of the very educated people love to talk about how the world wasn't created. Do, do the Yanomamo think that, that the world was created? Or how, how do they think we got here? Yeah, they, they believe it was created, but they're, they're a little bit fuzzy on the details. Yeah. But uh, interesting, you know, we believe that, that man came out of a cell that, that came out of the swamp somewhere right. and, um, and finally, you know, matured enough to climb a tree and it had a tail and the tail fell off and came down and became a man. Yeah. Well, the Yanomamo believe that all the animals descended from man. So oh. they, they, they take the evolution the other way. The other way. So if, if like, like the Hawashi monkey, it's a capuchin monkey. It's a very, very mischievous monkey. So in their, their legends, this Yanomama guy was a very mischievous, very, uh, you know, uh, whatever. And he became that monkey. It's a little troubling to think they like spider monkeys to eat them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They even eat the cappuccino yeah. monkey. Yeah, I'm just thinking, but, uh, I don't know. They're, yeah. They're talking about their ancestors or something here. Well, you know, when you're a hunter-gatherer, you have to leave some stuff. Yeah, you got to leave it on the <laughs> side because you're hungry. So, yeah. You know, I think so many times we can learn from the, the simple, and I would encourage those that are listening, if you make things too complicated, you're going to end up with a tax code. Hmm. Yeah. And, and the only reason you make it complicated is so that you can also write loopholes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a silly process. It is. Just accept the simple. So I go back into the Bible. I look at the beginning and it says, in the beginning, God. And normally yeah. I stop there and I say, in the beginning, not Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Now all of a sudden I have perspective. And then as I talk to my students, and so often on these programs, I say, and then I sit and realize, God, you don't have perspective. I do. Right. Because if you see everything the way it is, I guess that's not perspective. No. But the Yanomamo do. You do. I do. That's fine. So when you come to God, no matter what culture you're from, he doesn't have perspective. Right. And the things he says, and, and correct me if I say anything in error, but 
the things he says in the Bible are absolutely true to me, who was born in Chicago, in the United States of America, and to the people born in the village that you live. Absolutely. It, and it's the same, and it's understandable when you explain it to them. Absolutely. And we've, we've translated, so far we've got the entire New Testament translated, and a lot of the Old Testament, but we still lack quite a bit on the Old Testament. But if you take a, a verse, let's, let's just say John 3.16. If you take your verse and you read it in English, and you take that same verse and read it in Yanomamung, it says the exact same thing in different words, obviously. Right. Uh, but it, it, it is the same thought that, that God loved man so much that he gave his only son. And that's who we have to believe on. And so God's, God's word hits all of us where, where we are. It doesn't matter if you're a Yanomamu or if you're somebody from Chicago or if you're, you know, even just a, a mixture, somebody thrown into the jungle uh, like, like I was. But God's word still comes out that it's totally inerrant and it's true and you can take it to the bank. Right. You know, I, I find it fascinating because I think there's a stage in life you're growing up maybe in the church and you're speaking and you're saying, I got to find something new to talk about. Well, there's nothing new. No, right. There's right. nothing new. Right. The, the Bible, the truth in the Bible that was there for my grandparents and great-grandparents and for Adam. Yeah. You know, the truth in the Bible is the truth in the it's It's the same, and it's understandable no matter what language you speak, no matter what culture you're from. You can understand what the truth is because it's simple. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, just like gender we talked about, like to me marriage is a simple concept. A man and a woman who commit themselves to each other for life. That, that's right. a simple thing right. to understand. Right. Should we complicate this and make it, you know, an arrangement rather than a commitment? You yeah. do that, now you got trouble. Yeah. And then you got yeah. loopholes. And then yeah. you got, yeah. now stop. We, we can't do that. Let's go back to the simple. In all areas of life, what is marriage supposed to be? What is church? And, right. And, and that would make sense if I went down to your village. Yeah, absolutely, a absolutely, and it and it does, and that's that's the beauty of of talking God's word and speaking God's word because it is simple. It is, you know, I don't want to say it's. I I use the word um, hesitantly, simple, because God's word is not simple. It it meets us wherever we are, but it is concise and it's it's what we need. It's yeah. exactly what well, we need. Well, here's how I like describing it because I like saying, you know, I think that. That God's word is simple enough for an eight-year-old to grab it and profound enough to talk about it for the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. But you start with the simple. Yeah. And if you don't get that, don't yeah. head to the profound area. Right. Because it gets too messed up. Because all of a sudden then you're asking, so you don't think God loves me because I'm not one of the genders he created? It's like, wait a minute, you're in the woods here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to back this bus all the way up. Yeah. And no. talk about being created right no absolutely and you know the, the the beauty is is that that god has promised that his word will never return void and and it will accomplish what he has purposed it for uh, to do and that's in all hearts right now some people some people decide to reject it well i'm sorry that's god's word still accomplished absolutely. that and and uh um I'm just I'm just glad that God is a God of second chances. God is a, you is. were talking about our roots, yeah. you know, and our, our 
we both, your roots are much different than mine when it comes to silver birch. Right. But if it wouldn't have been for Renee, when she said, you talk a good missionary, but you'll never make it if you don't really give your heart to the Lord. Well, I was a Christian, but her words just smacked me in the face. And praise the Lord. Truth is simple. God uses it. And we should know it. And if you're angry with God today, I just want to suggest you don't know who he is. Amen. And you need to spend time in God's word. I'm Dave Wager. I'm with Mike here on the Younger Older program. I invite you to check us out on podcast. Goodbye for now.